are here. It's the Heart of a Fighter show. I'm your coach, Johan. Welcome. I hope you guys are doing great, better than you did yesterday. It's the Heart of a Fighter. We talk fitness. We talk inspiration. Today, we're going to talk about junk food. One of the, the six best tips I can think of about in an honest world, outside of the gym, that shit is everywhere. Alright, if you go to low-income neighborhoods, maybe you live in a low-income neighborhood, there's no shame in it. Totally it. You should understand that there's junk food everywhere. Right? All you have to do is go out when the sun's down and crane your head to the conglomeration of neon. Neon lights. They'll be packed in one place. It'll be a strip mall. There's your junk food. And it's always in the most low-income neighborhoods where they, the powers that be, I guess, the New World Order has decided, hey, we got to put the, the five guys next, next to the Little Caesars, but not too far away from the donut shop, which is, of course, adjacent to the 31 Flavors, um, all with the the um the 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 capstone store the the Safeway or the Ralphs or the Albertsons or wherever you know insert your local chain supermarket here let's put them all in one spot right and the idea is to look and and let me just start out by saying junk food is designed in this country for something a little bit different than what you think it is, okay? You're hungry as shit. Maybe it's the middle of the day, maybe it's the morning, maybe it's after work, right? You're hungry. You want something now cheap, you want it to taste good. You want also to be fed fully. You wanna go home with a fat belly. You wanna go satiated into the night, maybe back to work, with a boost of energy and the closest thing is junk food right it's the easiest way to get sugar from outside of your body into your bloodstream without injections it's junk food it's the same stuff that you can get at a fast food restaurant it's the same stuff that when you eat it you actually feel a bit better like the clouds break a little bit more that's junk food and the reason that it's priced so cheaply is because it's made and processed quite cheaply the ingredients very cheap diced onions and pickles um the meats that are processed by the metric ton where no one can see it and a lot of you know decades old processing mechanics go into what comes out as a cheeseburger or some semblance of one and guess what guys it tastes fucking amazing there's no denying it it tastes good if it didn't there wouldn't be junk food and for sure it wouldn't be junk but the design of junk food is to give you the most amount of calories for the least amount of money and the best way to do that is to load up with empty calories load up with refined sugar to process as much as you can 
in the way of macronutrients in at one given time to get as much soybean anything and glucose and fructose anything into that into that pastry box of donuts into that McDonald's Big Macs which I'm which I'm uh, traditionally I'm partial to I used to take those things down by the handful every day after school you know on my on my on my walk home on a sun-stroked you know California street I would always have to stop at McDonald's lucky for me I was I was walking so many miles I got to burn most of it off but as adults we're much more aware that these these chains and this junk food hey it's everywhere it's so easy but I'll tell you this it doesn't all have to be a complete wash I have a brutally honest trainee of mine she's also brutally tall and she admits when she has cookies in lieu of her breakfast because she's woken up really late this whole fitness thing is a new wrinkle into her normal schedule. She's getting out the door. And like most of us, when you're leaving in the morning, it's all about how fast can you get your clothes on and your ass in the car seat. So the first thing that people will reach for besides that coffee is what? Something that's sweet. Something that gives you a feeling of satiety. It's junk food. And a lot of cereal companies have disguised what should be called junk food into something less nefarious, more health conscious, but still the profile's kind of the same. Higher in sh refined sugar, low in fiber, and now you guys have to be aware of higher in protein. We found all kinds of manners of ways of putting protein in everything now and that's a good thing it'll ensure that our society here is never really starved there's no starvation there's no true starvation because protein can be found in anything right but it also gives us a false sense of security when we're dealing with our nutrition because protein if we're getting protein we like to think that that protein is a health food we're so worried about how much protein we're getting and we really don't need to be. But the first thing we'll reach for in the morning is whatever gets our ass into the car seat, right? It could be some juice, orange juice, or it could be with my trainee, Polish cookies. And these cookies are disgusting. They're gross. Lucky for me, she's totally cool. She's a down girl, down lady. And when she gave me the cookies, she let me off the hook. She said, most people don't like these things. And what I, you know, for me personally, when I'm eating something and the texture's all fucked up, I'm out pretty quick, right? I need that. I need a nice, safe, familiar texture in my food or else, you know, the chance of me disliking it uh, exponentially goes up right away. And so... This thing had a soft cookie with some jelly with some chocolate on top of it, right? 
and I don't care where it's from, could be Polish, could be German, could be Dutch, could be Ethiopian, doesn't matter. I didn't like it. But she admitted to me that these two cookies, two of them, which are 150 calories, which you can get from sitting down and eating, you know, half a serving of oatmeal, half a serving of, of cereal, of a quality cereal and milk. You can have a full yogurt, Greek, Turkish yogurt, and get um, about 150, 180 calories. But in two cookies, two. Anyway, I, I instead of chiding her, and bringing her down. On already, she's a very smart woman. I already said, "Hey, you know, not the best thing in the world." But what, what, what can we gain out of this? And right away, she's like, "Oh, this is this is probably when when could you have eat? When is the best time to eat this?" She said, uh, "Before a workout." And that brings us to number one, you guys. The best time. For you to eat your shit ultra sugary food is before your workout. Your workout can be something that's at least 40 minutes of exercise. Not walking, but exercise. Something where you're going to tap into your glycogen scores. Glycogen stores and burn them out. If If you're walking for 40 minutes, you're not breaking into any glycogen stores very much. I mean, you barely go huffing and puffing, right? You need to hit your first wall. That's that moment where you're like, ah, I'm going to stop now. It's a point of no return. I'm going to stop now, but since I'm already here, I might as well keep going. That's pretty close. If you do a, a standard um, uh, ergometer test for anaerobic capacity, you'll notice that during your workout, that first wall is where your analactic threshold is. Whatever heart rate that is, you'll notice that's where you hit your first wall. If you don't break that, you need to focus on your eating all the time. But if you're a heavily active person, you can get away, number one, eating junk food uh, before your workout. Yeah? So it's easy to get. Now, don't be like one of my one of my trainees from back in the day who decided, "Hey, I hadn't eaten any breakfast." I've heard that Guinness people often say that Guinness is a is a breakfast. It tastes like coffee. Guinness beer, mind you, is a coffee. And decided, I know, I'll bring in a black Spaten. Spaten is one of these uh, German beers. It's um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I assume. It's a lager, but I it's a German beer. You can go to the store and buy it. It's a pretty high quality German beer. Apparently they have a dark variety. Now, it smells like a fucking 211 or the equivalent of it, maybe a Mickey's if you're not in the US listening to this. It smells like a I think every country has Mickey's. Smell like a uh, they call it malt liquor or whatever. A name which I never understood. How is it liquor and beer? It's liquor and beer because 8%... I digress. This stuff was potent. It smelled like whiskey. And he, this particular trainee said, Hey, I hadn't eaten breakfast and I know that this stuff has some calories in it. 
and he he brought a styrofoam cup and a beer. I was impressed with his cojones. You'll excuse me for my bad pronunciation. I was impressed, but uh, he maybe took two sips and was sick the rest of the workout a half hour in. And we weren't working out that hard, you guys. Not that day. Point is, non-alcoholic foods, a glass of OJ, right? People advise you not to drink your breakfast. Definitely stop listening to those people. Drink your breakfast if you're in a pinch. Make sure it's you're going to work out right away. It's higher in sugar. Drink your breakfast sometimes. If you're going to make a shake and you have to make it a meal replacement, you can drink your breakfast, guys. If it's a meal replacement, you're getting your 15 grams of protein right in there. If it's a meal replacement and it's in the morning, you are getting your 20 to 15 grams of sugar right away. That's the first time that you can take in some junk food and not feel too guilty about it. The second time you can take in some junk food and not not feel guilty is when you haven't eaten shit all day. Asterisk. Guys, if you haven't eaten shit all day, your food habits suck. There's almost never a reason for you to skip an entire day of eating. The fact that you're stressed out or you're working too much is a poor excuse. Especially when I have people who come to me who tell me that Google has what a tantamount to like a fucking one Michelin star restaurant on their campus. You can basically get delicious food and a lot of it close by if you work for one of these IT companies out here. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for not getting a smoothie nearby that you can trust. Maybe not from the Double J, but you can go somewhere. A lot of pressed juice. Whole Foods has pressed juices. Um, A lot of organic soup. There's no reason you should be going the whole day without eating. No, no reason. I can't think of one legitimate reason other than you're in labor, right? But that's the okay time to eat junk food because you haven't eaten. And what's worse than starving yourself for the rest of the day Well, nothing, but what would be as bad as starving yourself? Nothing would be that bad. And so you want to mitigate your losses at this point is what I'm trying to say, right? You might as well, instead of doubling down on your losses, cut them. So when you get something that's fast food, maybe a sugar-laden smoothie, not so good from the Double J, maybe you go in and get yourself a double cheeseburger, from the golden arches and you're going to work out well your body is actually going to start using a lot of that blood sugar and this is where I make the disclaimer that for a fitness guy and an experienced veteran no I'm not going keto neither should you neither should you because it doesn't work because it doesn't work stop going keto So if you want your blood sugar to at least not be crashed for the rest of the day, right? You can eat a little junk food when you've been starving yourself. What happens when people starve themselves? Okay, guys, what happens? You guys know you're famished. You haven't eaten. 
your stomach stopped growling hours ago. You get home, you kick off your shoes, you sit down and do your 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 late night evening unwinding thing. All of a sudden you're fucking hungry. All of a sudden you got the hunger pangs and you want to reach for anything in sight to start eating. Well, now you just kind of switched on, right? All that ghrelin, that hormone, that shit's been suppressed, but it's now starting to kick in. And since that particular hormone is related to satiety in your body, you, you woke up the ghrelin, gremlin, and now it has to be fed. People who go the entire day without eating, go home, they eat, and they don't stop. And so now your metabolism's been suppressed, and it's really easy to overeat. You do this a bunch of times, you stop getting hungry in the morning, tell me if this doesn't sound like you. If you're a one meal a day eater, tell me that's not your basic, the basic framework of your nutrition lifestyle right there. You're hungry as fuck, it's 6.30, you eat. You eat again at 8. After a big meal, you eat again at 9.30. And the ice cream's gone, right? Okay, it's all good. It's natural. It's natural. That, in that moment, right? It's okay to have a payday. To stifle that hunger. And then go hit your workout right after. That's the second time. The third time, right, that it's okay to have junk food is if that junk food is a protein shake. There's a lot of protein shakes out there that are less than nutritionally helpful. Nutritionally dense, definitely. There's a lot of them now that have vitamins and minerals, but same, the same ones that we can remember from our days of doing heavy lifting back in the 2000s. I know it was for me. They come with a lot of extras, a lot of inorganics, a lot of dumb things that you can't pronounce in them. And I would qualify that as junk food. A lot of the old school way of making protein powders was to get the sugar profile in those powders up a little bit more to make it palatable. To disguise the bitter... Uh, or overly acidic protein flavor and so vanilla banana becomes less nauseating with 30 grams of sugar in it. Some people, I'm talking very competitive women, very competitive women in that they compete. They're collegiate players, they're competitive weightlifters, they're fighters or CrossFit competitors, they're doing any manner of sports that only women would participate in or participate in alongside men, those are the women who are going to benefit the most from getting extra protein because at that level, you're not going to be able to get it just from your food. You're going to need a lot of food. You're going to need a lot of meals. You're going to spend a lot of money. And this, again, leads me back to that now not so non-circuitous opening where we talked about the cost 
of cheap food and junk food, the cheapest way to get 30 grams of protein is to have a protein shake. And what does cheap mean when we talk about junk food? It tastes good. We talk about it tasting good, right? We talk about it being high in shit, in chunk, in empty calories, nutritionally, shall we say, uh, anti-gravitational. Those things are pretty typical of your run-of-the-mill protein powders. But after a hard workout, especially if it's been a weightlifting workout, the likes of which you have, you know, soreness is coming on tomorrow, you can go ahead and get your protein shake in at the end of a hard workout. Five days per week? Well, I mean, if you're a bodybuilder, definitely. If you're not, I really want to check you on that. If you're weightlifting daily because you do some kind of crossfitty strength and conditioning style workout every day of your life, yeah, you're probably going to need some some protein powder of some sort, right? But if you're not doing those things, you got to be able to skip it. Next. So that's the third one. Let's recap a bit. Let's recap a bit. The first time is right before your workout, especially in the morning. The second time is when you've been famished all day. The third time is right after your workout. The next time that it's okay to eat junk food, for number four on my list of six reasons that junk food is all right, the sixth reason, the fourth reason, excuse me, that it would be okay is if you're low on funds. If you have been laid off, if you're in between jobs, yeah, maybe you don't get paid, your promotion is still imminent, and your boss has yet to notice the hard work you put in day in and day out. Okay, you can turn to junk food more than usual, more than you'd want to. The difference is now, because you have to spend a little bit more, excuse me, spend a little, uh, spend your money on feeding your family. Did I forget to mention that? It's if you're in between jobs and you have a family to support. You have a family to support, you're in between jobs, promotions eminent. Yes, it's okay to buy yourself some junk food. But with that comes a little bit of responsibility, and by a little, I mean grandiose. You have to be more aware of your portion sizes. You have to be more aware of your calorie intake. You have to start counting calories. Know this that when you go out to the store and you want to buy your family all manner of dinner, you know, you got $15 for food for the day, you got a family of four or five, they all need to eat, you're in between work. We've made it in our culture that so easy, especially in high populated areas with low income sections we made it easy to know that junk food is the only available option for you. 
you can go and spend $20. You can get three to 4,000 calories and feed three or four people and have dinner, maybe even lunch the next day. That's the way that the food systems in our country work. Read The Omnivore's Dilemma. Michael Pollan's uh, investigative narrative on food systems. It doesn't talk so much about junk food, but you'll make the connection. When you have a family to feed and not a thick enough wallet to spend money any which way you'd like, your priority goes to your family. And every once in a blue moon, you might feel guilty. But the truth is, instead of it being a snack, a lot of times junk food can often be dinner. We want to watch out for that. And how you watch out for it is you count your calories. You be very vigilant of how much you're spending because there's probably a direct correlation to how much. I know that if you go to McDonald's and you buy two cheeseburgers for two bucks, that's already 16, uh, excuse me, 600 calories there for about $3. And I can't think of any more calorie sensitive food that you can get other than a couple cheeseburgers at a fast food joint. Protein, the whole nine. Unfortunately, processing, right? Unfortunately, there's a chance for free radicals. Let's not forget about food safety issues that these major companies have and conglomerations have faced in the past. There's no need to get into that. That's stuff everybody knows and is wary of in the back of their minds. On the back end of this, I want to make you guys aware of a couple facets of junk food that you need to be aware of. So let's say you've had a great workout week. You lifted every day that you wanted to lift. Every time you lifted, you did squats on Monday, bench on Tuesday, squats on Wednesday... You did deadlifts on Friday. You did chest again on Thursday, right? You had a better order periodization than that. But you're trying to put on some some good muscle. Not even necessarily mass, but muscle, right? Well, as you know, in order to put on mass, you have to put on a little bit of fat also. In fact, when you're putting on mass... It actually helps you because you're able to apply more tension to a resistance training regimen because you have more body mass. You're able to do more work because there's more of you to do the work. Makes sense. But the truth is this, guys. Fast food, in any of its forms, from a restaurant, at the supermarket, just buying a bunch of sodas all the time. It might not just be the simple bane of mankind that you think of. A lot of what you're eating, I remember I had a guy who was telling me he's a doctor, he's an orthopedist, and he illuminated me to this fact. When I used to eat anything I fucking wanted, no matter what, as I was trying to lift a little bit heavier 
you know, I was post-competition myself, and I wanted to get back into my lifting, and I started eating anything that I wanted. So I would find myself eating donuts a little bit more. That was a text message. Eating donuts a little bit more than I wanted to. I would maybe eat fast food more frequently, maybe a pizza. I love my round tables. So I'm going to go ahead and get a pizza. I will try to eat the entire medium to myself, no problem. And as I'm doing this, throughout this week, this guy is like, oh yeah, you'll be fine. All that stuff is transitory. It'll go in one way and come out the other. You won't even gain a pound. And I thought to myself, how the, f- how is that true? That if I sit down and if I go and get one pizza and I consume 2,500 calories, well, maybe like, I don't know, probably 15 to 1,800 calories in one sitting, how do I not gain a pound? Without going into the details of metabolism, the details of, of, of physiology and kinesiology with you guys, he was somewhat right. There is a interesting correlation or an interesting relationship between you eating fast food, how much fast food you intake, and your weight not really moving because you're working out pretty hard. Turns out he was right. I would always wonder on those weeks why I didn't gain anything. I was a little disappointed, actually. I thought, hey, I'm going to be able to eat you know, drink milkshakes whenever I want, gain some weight. But I noticed whenever I ate actual food, homemade food, when I ate salad in the middle of the day and I went home and I made some, maybe I had a a New York strip, had some rice with it, maybe some creamed spinach or kale or something. The next couple of days, I would notice my weight would start to creep up. When my weight started to creep up, half pound, one pound by the end of the week, and I'm lifting a little bit heavier. I'm actually putting on the muscle that I lost from running. I'm feeling good. But whenever I'd spend my entire week eating junk food, the same thing couldn't didn't occur. It just didn't. And I thought about what he said. Could it be true? He definitely has a medical degree. I know doctors are not nutrition experts. They're not even nutrition amateurs. They're not qualified to give nutrition advice. But... I thought about it, I noticed that correlation, and it kind of stuck with me. What are you really eating when you're eating all that fast food? Let's ask that question. Are you getting, you're getting protein, sure. You're getting a lot of sugar. You're getting a lot of sugar. And so your blood sugar spikes probably through your, you could probably look down at your, at your, at the veins in your arms and just see little spikes of, you know, it's spiking hard. You're not getting any fiber. You're getting any nutrients, macro, uh, micronutrients? Probably not. I mean, if you have a tomato, how how processed has that tomato or that lettuce been to where there's nothing in it anymore? And I thought about it. And I thought about the nature of vitamins. Maybe it's true that a lot of that food doesn't stick with you. Now, if you go ahead and eat fast food every day, you're going to gain weight, you guys. Right? You're going to gain weight. 
But I guess what I'm trying to say or put a fine point on is there isn't any inherent value in eating fast food other than other than the convenience factor with little nutrition value at all and actually not being able to buoy or buffer your fitness regimen like I thought it was right I find little value in it other than it tastes really fucking good right the last thing I'm going to talk about today is this pox on our on our culture on our eating culture and on our metabolism culture have you guys heard of this bullshit called five hour energy it's everywhere it's everywhere it started out as three hour energy then another company came along and said I'll do you one better then five hour energy came along and said uh uh there was at one point even like an eight hour energy But all these little energy shots came out of nowhere. And five-hour energy, low-budget commercials, terrible actors in their commercials, very terrible value proposition, and terrible, terrible calls to actions in their commercials, and bad pitch, bad pitches in their commercials. And about, I don't know, seven, eight, ten years later, this stuff is remarkably still on the fucking market. And I can't think, honestly, of a worse food in our food system, in our food culture than this stuff. Five-hour energy. Some of you probably take it. Most of you will probably take it at some point. I know I've tried a few in my life. There's nothing worse than this shit. This shit is the, the epitome of what is wrong with our food culture and the reason we eat today. The reason that we need energy at the end of the day is because we've had a long day. It has nothing to do with the fact that we are eating too much refined sugar or blood sugar is way too high, then it spikes. There's no such thing as a 2 p.m. crash. These are all bullshits. Bullshits that we've allowed our culture kind of to ingratiate. Right? These things don't happen. Instead... You're on your feet for six, seven, eight hours a day. That makes you tired. It makes anyone tired. And you need to have quality foods, some of which are digested really quickly like sugars and some of which take a little bit longer like uh, peanut butter that has some fat and some protein in it. You need some fiber up in there and you have yourself what we like to call balanced eating. You got that? You're going to have sustained energy levels. You do that a few times throughout the day and you don't even notice the crash. The crash is in your head, right? Let's be real. I mean, obviously when that caffeine runs through your system and that's over, there's a crash there too. But the action of eating, point is there's no such thing as a real crash. There's never been any science to support it. It's bullshit. Well, what's the best way to get energy in your life? It's to eat something. It's to eat quality food. It's to eat foods that have micronutrients and a good ratio of whatever you're trying to do, macronutrients, so you can have sustained energy. That energy is for you to burn. The other way to get energy 
is from caffeine, which blunts feedback loops in your body, makes you feel like you have a lot more energy, and it's really just because you're not responding, you're not down-regulating the outside stimuli that come into your body. That's basically what caffeine's doing. It's like someone punches you in the face, and you ignore that they punched you in the face, and you give them, like, you know, a hug, a bro hug, and slap them on the back. Caffeine's that that impulse. It's like everything's happening and you just, your body just doesn't go, um, let's respond. It's heightened. It's stimulating. Right? I would say coffee. You add sugar, you add a little half and half. There's calories in your coffee. There's calories in your tea. There's calories in your hot cocoa. There's no caffeine there. There's all manner of ways to get calories in short doses of 190 calories. There's soda, which actually has calories in it. This five-hour energy crap has nothing in it. No calories. It's just caffeine. And somehow they've sold you guys. Not you guys. You guys are smarter than that. But they've sold us on, on par. The mainstream public, their demographics, the tired, the lethargic, the overworked and lazy, the 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 seemingly hardworking. They try to create these narratives. They've sold you, sold us on needing more and more energy just to get through the day, and that calories are horrible for you. No, they're fucking not, guys. Calories are good. They're the measurement of energy that you consume and burn in your body. They're good. Without them, you would die because you would burn everything in your body for calories and there would be nothing left. You start burning amino acids and protein, you die. You guys get the point, right? This stuff has no calories in it. You guys ever have one of those red lines? When I was in college, this stuff just came out. And I was working at a gym. And so it was pretty common to have an energy drink. This was when Full Throttle was popular. Monster just came out with some shit. Red Bull had their second wind of popularity. Energy drinks were the thing to do. People were thinking they were going to replace Coke and Pepsi. Energy drinks. Well, these fucking guys, right? They come in. And I say, hey, let me get an energy drink. I turn and say, oh, I've heard about this red line shit that we just got at our gym. I crack it open. It's the size of my balled up fist. pretty small compared to a soft drink. And I take the whole thing down. It's 2 o'clock. I've been in classes all morning, all day from 8 o'clock. You know, uh, I'm sitting in this nutrition class, ironically enough, and I decide an hour later, all right, I had my lunch, not much of a lunch, let me have the other one. Crack it open, and I down half of it. I'm sitting there in class, sweating. My ears are sweating, right? Not only that, my palms are starting to sweat. I'm wondering why my heart is just pounding out of my chest. And not only is it pounding, but it's it's not only is it racing, 
but it's that uncomfortable kind of racing where you feel like your heart is it's it's fucking quivering it's quivering it's like homer simpson when he had his heart attack uh when mr burns is yelling at him and his heart like is pounding real hard and then he he calls him a buffoon and homer looks at him he says you're an incorrigible idiot and then Homer looks at him and his heart also looks up at Mr. Burns like, what are you saying? And he goes, it means you're a blithering idiot. And then his heart explodes. It was like quivering in my chest cavity. And I'm feeling terrible and I'm wondering why. I decided to turn the red line around just to see how much I had left. I had a clear strip that lets you know how much you had left in it. I look at it and notice that all, the second one is three quarters done. And right below it, I notice, warning, do not consume more than two of these in one day. If you do, you need to go to the hospital, essentially. Also, it says, take one and wait a few hours before drinking a half of another one. The serving size was a half, and I believe there was about 200... I want to guess and say there was probably up to up to 300 milligrams in one tiny bottle of Redline. The shit works is the point. These five-hour energies, I can guess that it probably has 90 to 105 milligrams of caffeine in it, right? Totally harmless. Except they're not because there's no calories in it. So what are we doing? We're drinking caffeine? That doesn't smell. There, it's been proven that the aroma of coffee actually has positive psychological and emotional um, benefits for us in our lives. So the aroma of coffee is actually very good for us. And so as we kind of get, we can crack open a coffee and that shit perks us up. Sometimes to the effect of, of a placebo right? Well, these guys started, excuse me. So we don't even get that effect from our five hour energy. There's no delicious. There's just a crack of the plastic and we're off. There's some artificial flavoring. And now you're drinking a shot of caffeine and they've made it so easy that you don't even think that you're drinking a shot of caffeine from a plastic, essentially, shot glass. You're basically giving yourself the, the palpable equivalent of a EKG mid uh in the middle of the day like it, it, it just baffles my mind you guys baffles my mind and you can say hey coach uh maybe you might say um coach there's sodas which have high fructose that's not bad for you but they have um don't they turn your bones to vinegar that's been disproven uh, there's empty calories and phosphates. Yeah, that's not good for you at all. And empty calories, actually, like we just discussed earlier, not always horrible for you. But um, there's all this and that. And we can sit here and say, hey, 
that shit is way worse for you than anything five hour energy can come up with. And I'll say, fuck no. I would rather drink phosphates. I'd rather have nitrates pushed underneath my fucking open fingernail that's been pried open like the hood of my car and with a chopstick and have phosphates and nitrates injected into that into my nail bed in liquid form than to indulge in any manner of five hour energy because it's been proven that caffeine is also addictive right so what you're doing essentially is taking a caffeine pill without even having to swallow it or excuse me you don't even have to like consume the pill your body you just drink it I'm afraid that 5-Hour Energy is going to come up with 5-Hour Heroin or something. 5-Hour Energy fucking suppositories. So all you have to do is sit down. Or 5-Hour Energy uh, epidural. Just jam it into your fucking spine. I I feel like if they could have invented that, they would have. There's nothing positive... There's nothing positive about a five-hour energy. And what happens if 100 milligrams isn't enough to make you feel all perky and happy at the end of your day? You need another one? And why is it good to consume caffeine that should have been reserved for just the sheer volume of 100 milligrams of coffee, of caffeine and coffee? Just this sheer fluid volume of that is enough to make you run to the bathroom and take a bleak you know, in an, within an hour. What about this five-hour energy shit? What's what's to stop you from drinking ten of those in a row? It's not the fluid volume, right? It's not the flavor because it's palatable. It's not the fact that you're gonna crash. You actually, they probably want you to drink more. The these evil five-hour people. It's literally, guys the worst product on the market food wise anything that you can think of food wise is better if you think that Burger King used you know mishandled meat in making their hamburgers you have a better shot at living to be 87 years old eating just those burgers than if you had one 5 hour energy every day for the rest of your life There is nothing worse for you than this stuff. Not just physiologically or physically or nutritionally, but also from a habit-forming standpoint. Just for a food choice standpoint. You guys can do a lot better than consuming this liquid... This, this, this liquid, uh, the... I would rather drink antifreeze than this shit. Because at least antifreeze I know will kill me. This stuff is disguised as something harmless that in the long run can't but be anything but pernicious to you. And that's because there's nothing redeeming about it, guys. Nothing. So, those are my five tips. Going backwards, 5-Hour Energy is probably the worst food product on the market. And I can't think of anything worse. You're better off... You're better off, um, uh, you know, brushing your teeth with gravel 
Okay, number working our way up. Number four, our fast foods are not what we think they are nutrition-wise. They're empty calories, but they're actually probably pretty transitory and thus even more empty than we thought. They don't help you in any way unless you're looking for convenience. The only time that you guys should be involved in eating um, fast food for number three is when you have a family to feed and you have the and you only have the funds to do your best with with that food source. Number two, after a hard workout or when you haven't eaten, after a hard workout, protein powders. When you haven't eaten all day, number two again. And number one, in the morning, before your workout, and I mean right before. All right, I hope that helped you out a lot. And uh, even if it helped you out a little, I'm happy. Ask me questions, Johan at johanunderdogtraining.com. Uh, please send me, yeah, some... Johan at johanunderdogtraining.com. Yeah, I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Hopefully, I'll hear from you soon. Right on. Take care.